Hello, everyone, and welcome to the special edition of Employment Matters, brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance, the world's largest network of labor and employment lawyers from the best law firms around the globe. I'm your host, Steve Hirschfeld. And today's a special day, it's Tuesday, which means on Tuesdays we have what's called Travel Tuesday. That's where each week we get the chance to dial in our members from around the globe to share with us what it's like to do business in their jurisdiction. Today, we'll be learning a little bit about the state of Arizona. I'm pleased to welcome to the show, Laura Pascaloni and Mary Ellen Simonson. We're partners at Lewis and Roca in Phoenix. Hey, Laura, how are you? I'm doing great, Steve. Nice to be here. Mary Ellen, good to see you. Good to see you always. Let's just chat a little bit about your state. I'm familiar with it for one particular reason. I think as Mary Ellen knows, and I go every year to spring training in Scottsdale for the San Francisco Giants. I, I love spending time there. You know, Arizona is a kind of a unique state where it's located, what its population is like. You know, if I was from out of the country looking to open an operation or buy a business in Arizona, what do you think would be important for me to know about the business climate? I think one of the biggest things about Arizona is how employer-friendly it is. And Arizona has consistently been among the top five fastest growing states in the nation. Currently, it's fifth in the nation for the highest growth, and the GDP reached a historic high recently of over $330 billion. So it's a remarkable 54% increase since 2000. The Arizona economy is the 19th biggest in the country. It offers one of the lowest costs of doing business in the United States. For example, Arizona's corporate income tax is 4.9%, which is the sixth lowest in the nation. It's number two in the nation on unemployment insurance tax. And while the national average of per capita income is going to taxes is 9.9%, here in Arizona, the number is only 8.4%. So in addition, Arizona's taxes on property, gas, personal income remain some of the lowest compared to the rest of the country. An example of what drives the significant growth here, a very active and effective economic development council in the state's largest county, Maricopa, which is where our firm is based, which has attracted more than 20 big companies in the Valley, more than 500 million in capital investments, and over 5,000 high-paying jobs. So Arizona has become sort of an epicenter for technology manufacturing in the Southwest and startups, similar to GoDaddy. And the sector's growth is producing high-wage jobs. And economists predict that, you know, barring the inflation issues that are going on now, that 2022 is on track to be a banner year for the state. And the final thing I would mention along the lines you just mentioned about the teams and so forth, we have some significant attractions here for businesses. We have 300 plus sunny days a year. We have seven professional sports teams. We have 22 national parks and monuments, 400 golf courses, nine James Beard chefs, 10,000 restaurants, and your favorite, Steve, a major league baseball cactus league spring training every year. So there you are. That's Arizona at its best. So let me follow up on that, maybe with Laura for a minute. You know, you heard Mary Ellen say that you folks are considered to be a very pro-employer. So if we take the employment relationship, Laura, how would you describe what it's like if I'm hiring a bunch of people in Phoenix? And how is it different 
from other parts of the country. So I would agree with Mary Ellen that we are still predominantly a pro-business jurisdiction in Arizona, but we are trending purple, Steve, when it comes to our employment laws, much like our politics. As Mary Ellen mentioned, we are a right-to-work state in Arizona. In 2021, union members accounted for just 5% of our workers here, which is well below the national average. And our employment laws, for the most part, mirror federal laws and are generally not more restrictive than federal employment laws, with just a few exceptions. So in that sense, we continue to be more pro-business and less employee-friendly. But much like we are seeing with the political landscape in Arizona changing, I think we are seeing Arizona become more employee friendly. While Arizona has been known for a long time for being a conservative stronghold politically, that is changing. An influx of new residents from more liberal states like your state, Steve, California, and a growing Latino population have slowly shifted Arizona's political landscape as its population becomes more diverse and less rural. In fact, when President Joe Biden took Arizona in 2020, it was the first time in 24 years Arizona voters supported a Democrat for president. We also have right now two sitting Democratic U.S. senators serving together at the same time for the first time in 67 years. But with that said, Republicans largely control our state governance still. We have a very well-known Republican governor Both chambers of the state legislature and the Office of Attorney General are all controlled by Republicans currently. However, our electorate has become evenly divided among Republicans, Democrats, and independents. We have become a purple state politically, and we're starting to see that bleed into our employment laws. Well, let me ask you about that, because it's interesting about the purple state idea. And I know part of it, as you just mentioned, Laura, is because you got folks around the country moving there because your Mm -hmm. cost of living is lower. You've got you know, pro-business climate. You know, one of the questions I get, I'm sure you folks get it too, is what law applies in what situation, right? So we see a lot of virtual workplaces opening up in Arizona, right? You've got employees from California that decided during COVID, let's say to move to a place like Phoenix, right? And one of the questions we get is, does non-compete, is it invalid? Because as you know, in California, we don't allow them in most situations. Are non-competes enforceable in Arizona? And how, how do you think that would work if you had like a California employee sitting in their home in Scottsdale, Arizona, but working for a California employer. Any thoughts on that? I think, you know, if there's a choice of law provision that includes an Arizona choice of law provision in the contract, then there's a good chance that a court in Arizona would enforce the Arizona choice of law provision. So I think that there would be a basis to apply Arizona law to that particular situation despite the business being located in California, or maybe if the employee was hired initially in California, but they're now in Arizona, I think that there would be a good chance that Arizona law would apply to that circumstance. So are non-competes enforceable in Arizona? Are there any restrictions on them at all? You know, non-competes are enforceable in Arizona, but I, I think Arizona, like many states, are moving more and more toward really focusing, the court's focusing more on non-solicitations and confidentiality agreements. In other words, I think less and less are judges really inclined to enforce non-competes and more inclined to say, look, if you have a non-solicit provision or you have a confidentiality provision, those should be legitimate reasons for the employer to try to enforce those provisions. 
And courts do not want to take a really harsh approach to throwing somebody out of their their work. So non-competes, I would say, are being less favorable here, although they can be certainly enforced under reasonable provisions. But I would say we have much more success here in enforcing non-solicitations and confidentiality agreements, which really are a legitimate basis for an employer to try to enforce them. Hey, Laura, what's on your desk right now from an employment law perspective? What kind of stuff are you working primarily on for employers who have lots of employees in your state? Piggybacking on what Mary Ellen was saying about non-competes, restrictive covenants, we are really being flooded with the restrictive covenant cases right now. And I think a lot of it has to do with the competitive nature of the economy with you know how hard it is right now to recruit talent, I think you'll see employers more and more um, willing to go to court to enforce these types of non-competes, non-solicitation restrictions, both to prevent competition, but also to have sort of a, the effect of showing the rest of their workplace that, look, we do enforce these restrictions and so you better take them seriously. I do agree with Mary Ellen, though, that in reality, non-competes are becoming more and more difficult to enforce here. Our courts, even though we apply a reasonableness standard like many other jurisdictions, our courts are much more willing to analyze non-compete restrictions closely and make sure that they are no broader than necessary to protect legitimate business interests. But it's a very active area of litigation for our practice right now. So before we wrap things up, You know, one of the things that you both mentioned was that Arizona tends not to offer laws, regulations, protections beyond what the U.S. does. Is there an exception to that, Laura? Is there something going on in your state that I would need to know about if I was moving my business there? Do you have any kind of special things on the horizon or new laws or regulations that I'd want to know about? Yeah, I can give you one example, Steve. In 2017, Arizona voters passed a law requiring employers to offer paid sick time for all employees in the state. Perhaps most notably, our law creates a rebuttable presumption that any adverse employment action taken within 90 days of an employee's use of paid sick time is retaliatory. And in order to overcome this presumption, an employer has to show by clear and convincing evidence, which is a very strong standard under the law, that the adverse action was not in retaliation for the employee's use of sick time. And I know we talked about Arizona becoming more of an employee-friendly jurisdiction. I think this is a good example of a law in Arizona that you would not necessarily expect in a historically pro-business jurisdiction like Arizona that some employers fall into traps with here. Yeah, wow, we don't have that in California. So you're you're beating us to the punch. Interesting. That's uh, an interesting new development. Well, look, I really appreciate you folks spending a couple of minutes with me. For those listening, if you want to connect with Laura or Mary Ellen, you can find their bios by clicking on their name in the description of this podcast. I'd also encourage you to visit ELA.law to receive invitations to our upcoming webinars, download our white papers, and also have access to the ELA's exclusive Global Employer Handbook, which is a free online platform providing insight on employment laws and regulations globally. You've been listening to Employment Matters, a podcast brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance, the world's largest network of labor employment lawyers from the best law firms around the world. I'm Steve Hirschfeld. Thanks for listening.